Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence, sexual assault, and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive in to some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. I'm back in Florida um, after the Virginia nonsense that's been going on for the past month that has engulfed the world. I can't believe how crazy it is. So much knows about it. I know. And I know it's Johnny Depp, but like, I didn't expect it to be this. Like, it's almost like it's the new OJ Simpson trial of like this generation. Like it's has so much media behind it. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Um, And it started from like when I first arrived in Virginia that first week, um, it was just us diehard justice for Johnny Depp people who have known each other online, which is really cool to like meet everybody in person. Um, But then it morphed into us. uh, Like now it's like a fan event, which is kind of scary. That's a little nuts. It's a actual trial. (laughs) Yeah. And what's so interesting to me is some people will come in just to like see him. But then when I realize it's not like a meet and greet or something like that, they like leave halfway through, which is infuriating to me because like there was one day I didn't make it in. Because um, I know because so many people were there and then half of them left anyways by the end of the court day. Oh, my. I know. Like, what do they think is going to happen? Like, turn on court TV, watch the day before, and then that's like what you're going to be sitting in. It's not a meet and greet. No, you just literally watch the back of their heads like all day (laughs) unless they're on the stand. Then, I mean, it's interesting. But yeah, it's crazy to me. I had some girls behind me at one point. They were talking about the the donations um, in court. They were dropping bombs left, right and center. And I heard the girls behind me. They were like, oh, my God, this is so boring. And I was like, so boring. (laughs) So much just happened. How do you find it boring? (laughs) But um, yeah. Anyways, before we get too far into my experience in the courtroom with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. What do you have for us to drink? All right. I have. I've been waiting to open this. I'm so excited we finally get to open this. It's Bodyguard by Dow. And um, Dow makes some fantastic wines. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about the family, though, first. Okay. So Dow Bodyguard uh, is a 2019 red blend, um, $35. So one of our higher end ones. And their family's really interesting. They um, grew up in Beirut. And then because of the Civil War, moved to France. That's kind of where they got exposed to winemaking. Moved to California, uh, go to the two brothers, um, go to UC San Diego. Super, super smart study, electrical engineering, computer engineering, start their own <laughs> company, Dow Systems, which was like in technology and computer yeah, systems. That sounds super familiar, actually. <laughs> oh, I mean, like who knew? And then um, started making wine in his garage, one of the brothers, Daniel. And then was like, oh, I want to get into this. Opens a one acre vineyard of Cab Sav. And that's how they started the winery. And it's a huge, huge, huge um, company now. Um, I I mean, like 
trying to think like Dow is very, very accessible and it's a really, really good wine. Like Dow is the name of the wine. Um, it's aged 18 months in French oak, half of it in French oak. And then, so I'm going to taste this. Uh, cheers. Cheers. I don't smell blueberry cobbler, but it's supposed to taste, the notes are blueberry cobbler, cherry pipe tobacco, dark chocolate, espresso, sandalwood, licorice, pencil lead. That's oh. <laughs> okay. No, I don't taste pencil lead. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's a lot of other random things. Cherry pie, plum, blackberry jam, vanilla, black currant, mulberry truffle. Like a, just throw everything in here, but it, it tastes really good. It's really, um, I feel like it's bold, but not like spicy. So I thought that was just really interesting. The brothers started in Beirut, moved to um, France and then California. And then now they own like a huge, amazing winery. So yeah, that is like, they're very accomplished. They've done more in one lifetime than I probably. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're both like, well, I forget which one of the brothers is very like left brain and the other one's very right brain um, and like business oriented. So they're just like the one, two punch in winemaking these two cool brothers. That's really cool. Yeah. If you're a fan of award-winning investigative journalist, Chris Hansen in his iconic series to catch a predator, have a seat with Chris Hansen and Hansen versus predator, then you're going to love his weekly podcast, Predators I've Caught with Chris Hansen. In each episode, Chris recalls the untold backstories and behind-the-scenes action of some of the most notorious cases, as well as his new investigations that continue to keep these dangerous predators away from our children. You'll also hear Chris as he reads the actual uncensored chat logs and hear clips of confrontations and interrogations, many you've never heard before. It's a must-listen. Predators I've Caught with Chris Hansen, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you been able to tune into the trial like at all? Um, I did when it first got started. I feel like lately I've really been slacking. So since since CrimeCon, honestly, no. Really? I know. No. I know. Absolutely. I feel like I've totally been catching up, honestly, after being Mm -hmm. out for CrimeCon. And then, um, so this last week has been a blur. I saw on Insta, I've finally unpacked my suitcase. I'm like, oh, I need a toothbrush. Like, (laughs) finally, I'm unpacking, settling in and like rejoining the world. So awesome. Well, speaking of rejoining the world, um, we definitely got some new listeners. So I kind of wanted to reintroduce ourselves to the world. Yeah. So um, I know we, we say this every episode when it comes to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. Um, we are biased. I'm giving you my bias point of view. I've been on TikTok for two years oh, researching this case, overanalyzing it since quarantine. I actually started looking into this case during quarantine because um, I, I mean, I was laid off from my job. I mean, all of us were stuck at home. There was nothing else for me to do. Um, started looking into it, was fascinated by it. I had believed Amber Heard in 2016 when all the allegations came out and to hear the audio, to start going through court documents, to to find out there was this entire other side, what I believe is the truth um, to this. I was fascinated, started my TikTok platform on it, um, then got into true crime on TikTok. And now um, we're doing this podcast, Innocent Tipsy, which is actually a true crime podcast, but we've started to dive into it because Max let me kind of spew my passion project on her because this is definitely my passion project. Max does not didn't know anything about the case till I started yeah. going off on it. <laughs> um, but I try to base 
everything we talk about in court documents or in text messages, recordings between the couple. Um, so we usually link that in the description below on YouTube. Um, we'll link to Nick Wallace's webpage. He's a journalist that has um, a webpage just full of the court documents from the United Kingdom. You can also go over to the Fairfax um, government uh, webpage and find all of their court documents there along with their exhibits. There was a guy, I'll try to find the link and try to link it below in this uh, YouTube video, but there's a guy on TikTok who kind of showed you um, the reins on how to navigate the Fairfax County uh, government website, which was helpful even for me because I have found that website to be a headache. Honestly, Nick Wallace's has been my favorite place to go just because it's very easily accessible. Um, but yes, always like to put a disclaimer on that I am biased for Johnny. Um, and I want you, the main reason I'm talking about this case isn't to give you Johnny's point of view at all. It is for you to go and ask questions yourself for you to go and be like, is that really the truth is what the tabloids are saying? Is that honestly what's happening or is there more to the story? Um, and I've always found that there is more to the story. Um, and I'm also a domestic violence survivor. So I've been extremely hurt by the fact that I feel Amber Heard lied about her experiences and kind of made herself into a victim, utilize the Me Too movement in order to gain pop popularity, move her career along. She definitely, I mean, when we heard from the ACLU uh, a couple weeks ago when they were in court, it, it was definitely a pivotal point in her career for her to throw these allegations out there with this op-ed. Um, I also um, do have experience with drug addicts as well. Um, my father was extremely abusive um, drug addict. So this is nothing new to me. I'm very much um, familiar with this, with this horrible realm of the world. So um, yeah, that's just kind of a little bit of background on me in case you're new here and you don't know much about me or haven't been following me on TikTok. Cause I feel like I get more into my personal life on TikTok than I do here in podcasts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, wanted well, to were a match obviously to start this podcast because I've had an interest in true crime since a really young age. I had a hometown murder kind of hit close to home when I was in fifth grade and then again in uh, well, ninth grade. And so I've always been interested in true crime and took my LSATs for fun and thought I was going to go into this profession um, in somewhere in the legal system. But um, yeah, I just feel like I have this passion for um, we've talked a lot about wrongful convictions before on our podcast um, and for talking through how our justice system works and how we can help. So I feel like especially with the um, Justice for Johnny case, it's been really enlightening about how uh, I don't know how the system has worked both in Amber's favor and and really like now it's more of a trial of um, public opinion at this point, because what this boils down to is um, it's a case about um, for defamation. Right. I mean, it's not even about domestic abuse, um, even though all of this is coming coming to light. So, yeah, very interested to hear all about it. And it's been super enlightening, especially since a lot of our episodes were recorded and aired or recorded and maybe hadn't aired until um, the trial got to that point in like different people testifying and. So it was really exciting to hear it before and understand it going into trial. Yeah, we always film in advance just to let you guys know. So we usually film about four in bulk um, and then release them um, and on a weekly period. So uh, I was really excited to get back here and, and kind of talk to you about the case because it's been so cool to sit in the courtroom after researching this for so many years and see the actual player, see Christy Dembrowski, Johnny's sister, who I'd never even laid eyes on before, um, Sean Bett, uh, Travis McGivern, like all of these little players that you have read their statements, you've looked at things, but I've never physically seen for them to, to see them take the stand to walk by them 
Every yeah. day, I, I mean, I've sat behind Sean Bett in court. That's so strange to me. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's a very, been a very surreal um, experience and it's been wild to hear everyone in their testimony so far. So, so far what we've got in court, we've gone through Johnny's um, side of the case so far, mind you, they're going to be able to um, continue talking about this after Amber's side takes a stand and everything. Um, we've only heard from one of Amber's witnesses so far. We'll get into her in just a minute here. Um, but and now, and now we're hearing from Amber herself. Um, so first off, it was just Johnny kind of pleading his case. Um, the opening statements were wild. Have you seen much of Amber's legal team at all? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, like they're defending her, right? But I mean, it's it's kind of honestly a matter of, I don't know. Do they want to be there? <laughs> like they hired, like uh, clearly she hired them, but I don't know. That's my just general feeling about her defense team. So there, there's one young guy there. It's not Rottenborn. It's the other guy who, who he objected to his own question. And the judge was like, you just asked that. So <laughs> yourself, sir. But um, every day he seems like he's regretted more and more taking this case. Yes. Every day I see him in court and he's like, what? And he's even looked at his own legal team and been like, what are you doing <laughs> at this point? Yeah. Guys, it's been wild to sit and watch. Oh, man. And to see Johnny Depp's team react to everyone, too, because we've got Ben Chu, who's Johnny Depp's lawyer. He does not have a poker face at all. So, like, on the stand um, the other day, Amber was like, oh, and all I could think of at the top of the stairs, we were talking about the staircase incident, oh, yeah. was oh, Kate Moss, which Amber alleged back in the United Kingdom trial that she had heard a rumor about Johnny throwing Kate Moss down the stairs, which has never, uh, no one else has heard this Yeah. Uh, so we already talked about Kate Moss in like our first part of the narcissist um, tales where they had had that huge um, blow up fight. And uh, well, I guess he he had gotten angry and destroyed a couch or something. And um, yeah, she that's never come up. But Ben Chu in court, when Amber brought Kate Moss's name up, he was like, so I'm excited to see what happens in cross with that, because is Kate Moss going to be brought into this? Like what? What's going to happen? We've already rolled out the red carpet, I feel, for like everyone in Hollywood to come and. Um, be part of this case like we're talking big names in this case so i tell you and also um we had keenan keenan wyatt took the stand did you see that crazy video of elaine questioning him and being like was um was her pussy wet like (laughs) yeah i've heard that um i pinned that on my twitter in case you guys want to go watch it but it sounded like um amber's lawyer was like basically unhinged like she she was like going off she's like fucking fucking james franco fuck (laughs) i was like elaine i watch it at least once a day because i think it's so funny (laughs) and i had to sit in court and not (laughs) like keep it together or in that spot that seat um oh. yeah, that's just bananas like all this stuff that uh, you could make memes like every day from either elaine or rottenborn or things that you know have johnny's been asked or and just oh hearsay i roll yeah it's just like yeah. it's like something every day and you're like really like this is a trial and i have to give it to judge penny seriously i don't know how she keeps it together she's like so professional and so on top of it that she's like refereeing a circus kind of and mm-hmm. a damn good job so yeah she's doing amazing i don't i don't know how she kept it together and even when um so amber tried to have the case dismissed um and which was it's normal protocol i guess at the end of like them arguing their case usually the plaintiff 
I believe usually like the other team, the one that is being sued can try to throw, have the whole case thrown out. So she tried to have the whole case shown thrown out and judge Penny. I was amazed. Like we were all on pins and needles. We didn't know which way it was going to go. I mean, I'll hand it to Rottenborn. He's a jackass, but I think he is a damn good lawyer. He uh, like, he really did put an argument in there and we were all waiting to see what was going to happen. And then judge Penny was like, no, I haven't seen all the Angie's list is now Angie. And we've heard a lot of theories about why I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The evidence yet, so we're not going to close out this case yet. Um, So, we need to hear from Amber's side so we can get all of the evidence, which was really um, the way she handled that whole thing was wild to see. Uh, just crazy. Um, no wonder she needs a vacation. <laughs> seriously. seriously. I, I need to take a break. <laughs> well, I thought it was so interesting. So the only day I missed besides that one Monday where I flew in and um, literally after I flew in from uh, crime con, uh, that's when things started getting crazy outside the courthouse. Like I arrived okay. um, at like four o'clock in the morning and I was a hundred and like 10 or something in the line. Like it was, it's gotten wild. Um, sign where they're like, no loitering before 2 a.m. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. to get up that early. Yes. Um, I mean, some people were camping out at by, like 9 p.m. Isn't that? Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't allow that, right? They said like, go home. Yeah. That's why you, they have the signs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so during jury selection, though, no one knew who Amber was. Um, which I thought was just like too crazy. And that's something that kind of keeps coming up in it because even in her opening statement, Elaine had to like reintroduce Amber Heard to the jury. And then she brought up that Milani cosmetics, um, case that hasn't even, it wasn't even released until after Amber and Johnny's marriage was over in 2017. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wild. So I don't know if she was bringing that up as like, this is something like the makeup that she was carrying with her all the time to try to cover up bruises, but she seemed pretty specific when we were watching it. No, I know. And then I love how on TikTok, how Milani was like, mm, let me solve this for you. No, 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 not released. She also brought up the donations and how Amber had made, um, hadn't been able to make the donations because Johnny had sued her, which I pointed out several times on my TikTok. Um, Johnny finished paying Amber the final installment of her divorce settlement. And um, I believe it was, it was a year before he sued her. It was a year and a month before he sued her. I have like a timeline on my TikTok of when he did that. Um, but uh, he paid it to her in full. And so her excuse of not being able to pay it doesn't make any sense. And we did get to hear from the ACLU, um, one of the legal team uh, for the ACLU. His name was Terrence Doherty. And he talked about how Amber had 
made a pledge to the ACLU of that $3.5 million from her $7 million settlement. Cause remember she was splitting it between the middle, between the ACLU and the children's hospital of Los Angeles. And right. she has claimed that she has already donated this divorce settlement. Like that should be so easily settled. No, there's well, show me the receipt. Exactly. So she's claimed that in interviews. She's also claimed it um, in court documents for the United Kingdom that she had donated it. Well, she hasn't. And so the ACLU testified that they received a one $350,000 installment of payment from Amber. And then there was a pledge for her for annually for the next 10 years, she would be donating that same amount every year. Right? Well, um, Elon Musk made two payments of that. I believe it's two payments of that in her name, a little bit over that, I think. Um, yeah. And then it stopped shortly after her and Elon stopped dating <laughs> and it hasn't happened since December, 2018. Like she hasn't paid anything more since December of 2018. What a train wreck. Like, how dare you like promise your divorce settlement to these great causes and then not come through? Like, and not even just not come through, but also to lie about it that you did it. <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing, like, I get it, girl, get your bag. Like she didn't have to, she did not have to promise Absolutely. that money. Keep it. Don't like, promise it. Yeah. <laughs> but for her to have brought that up was just absolute insanity to me. Um, we got to hear from Chrissy Dombrowski, Johnny's sister. That was the first witness that they had on the stand. And Chrissy also, she testified. So everyone so far, mind you, we've only really heard from Johnny's team so far. Mm -hmm. Everyone so far has testified that Amber would usually instigate fights. Johnny would flee. So Christy said that she had to book travel for them separately because when they would arrive somewhere, him and her would get into the like, arguments, right? And he would have to yeah. flee and go yeah. have a new hotel room. Absolute craziness. Right. They would book two rooms. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to the point, like she would show up, apparently like they'd have a fight at the Eastern Columbia building where the five penthouses were that we've talked to at, uh, talked about at length. And then he would flee and go to his house on Sweetser. And then she would show up drunk in the driveway, screaming at him. My Lord. It's crazy. And there's this like one hour audio that's been released to the court. I listened to the thing in full um, one morning when I was waiting outside the courthouse. It's a new audio. And you can tell she's arrived at that house. She's wasted, like wasted. And just screaming at him. And at one point, something smashes. So I don't know if she threw. We know she'd throw her. Uh, I don't know if she threw something or what. And you just hear Johnny. He goes, oh, Amber. And that was the same audio where she said that she hopes that Jack's stepfather um, teaches Jack to be a man. More oh, yeah. More yeah. manliness in his left nut than Johnny has in his whole body and everything else. Which, speaking of which, Amber alleged in court that. Johnny was on drugs at one point and then he just always wanted to have sex with her when he was on that drug. And that just wasn't like him at all. Like she's throwing barbs. She's just throwing anything out there. That's not, that's nuts. Um, quick question. Cause I don't remember when I saw this clip or if this is still true or uh, where they're at in the case. Um, obviously it has to be done by Memorial day. So I know they're like TikTok, like timing, timing it. Um, Amber's team has used more of their time at this point. From what I understood, um, Amber's team has used more time, which I thought was interesting because they felt like Johnny was up there a long time. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it would have been the redirects and everything, or the cross examinations, excuse me, where they were using like everything. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, we, I know. And we've heard like from, I'm not going to be able to touch on like every witness that we've heard from so far, but I wanted to touch on like kind of some of the mean ones. We had Isaac Baruch come in. Um, he was one of Johnny Depp's friends who lived with the couple in the Eastern Columbia building, mm -hmm. um, along with Amber's friends who all lived rent free, which I thought was really, 
it was so interesting to hear from Isaac though, because Isaac, um, he'd known Johnny since the eighties. Uh, the, he'd also worked at the Viper room with Johnny, like way back in the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, then he had moved in and was just there working on his art. And he was like talking about how one day you're Joe Schmo and then the next day you're living in these penthouses in like downtown Los Angeles. Um, but he got extremely emotional near the end of his statement on the stand. Elaine had asked him if Amber still made him angry or something very s- simple like that. And he had said, oh, are you talking about the the phony pictures, the fake narrative, the fraudulent DV claim, like domestic violence claim um, to extort and blackmail a man? Like he said to Amber yeah. on the stand, everything that all the Johnny Depp supporters have been saying like this entire time. I was um, surprised um, the judge let him go or anybody didn't object to it because honestly, it's like a it's a good two minute clip, don't you think? It's like it is. on and on and on, which was I was glad he got to say his piece. Yeah, I couldn't believe Elaine let him continue. Like, I was like, because it it was not, it was more detrimental, I felt, to Amber's character than it was to Johnny's. And And it was so emotional. Like, how could that not pull on the jury? I guess I felt like. Yeah. Yeah, because he even said, like, Johnny's family's been completely wrecked by all this stuff, and it's not fair. And then you hear his voice, like, totally break. and, And it's because of what she did, her lies and everything, and how many people have been affected by it. And I was like, Holy crap. Um, and it's been very emotional to like sit in the courtroom and listen to everything, which I find interesting because I was thinking about this the other day when I was in court. I'm I'm exhausted at this point when we got to Amber's by the time we got to Amber's statement, because now we're lining up earlier and earlier to try to get into the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but her getting on the stand, especially as a domestic violence survivor myself. It was very hard to listen to her because none of it felt genuine. Like when Johnny and Johnny's team was up, there were several times where everyone in the courtroom was getting emotional. Like you you could sense it. You could look around and see people were crying. Um, but with Amber, there's been little to no reaction. Even when she's tried to make a joke, you know, Johnny was joking on the stand and everything. Mm-hmm. People reacted to it. There's little to no reaction to her because nothing feels genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, I mean, gosh, her talking about all the SA allegations that she has put up, it felt extremely disingenuous, especially like, I mean, they talked about the Hicksville incident. We haven't gone through the Hicksville incident, um, yet. Um, but basically they were all at this, like, I don't know, elite trailer, like camping situation. And they were with friends. They'd all taken MDMA, even though Amber swears she never takes MDMA. She'll never do it again with him after this event and a plane event. Um, but they had all taken MDMA and Johnny had felt like this girl was coming on to Amber, which Johnny has said, yes, she was coming on to Amber. Amber alleges he grabbed her wrist. That's not what Johnny says. Johnny does say that he confronted her and said, like, if you can't handle the drug, don't take it. Like, that's my girl. Like, take your hands off my girl. MDMA is like a lovey drug, right? Like it's. Yeah. Um, and so then Amber alleges that they went back to the trailer, had a huge fight about, which I'm sure is true, had a huge fight about this girl and that whole situation and how it was handled. And at that point in time, Amber now alleges this is brand new that he cavity searched her for cocaine. So what I found interesting is she's on the stand talking about this and she's getting emotional and she's saying, but I, I couldn't understand why he was searching for cocaine on me when I, I don't even do cocaine. Like I, I like I've never done any. So why would I be hiding his drugs? And her literal doctor's notes, her nurse's notes say that she is a known cocaine addict. Yeah. Why are we lying about? Yeah. It's absolutely 
wild to me. Um, so it was very hard to sit and listen to as a survivor myself. Like there was at one point, especially with the Australia incident, she started to allege that he had raped her with a bottle um, and that she didn't feel any pain. She thought he was punching her in the crotch and she was, and she wasn't sure if the bottle was broken or not. That didn't sit right with me at all because right. you would know if the bottle was broken, you would like, no, this, this is a description of an extremely traumatic situation. And yes, you would remember some of these details. Yes. And so she's um, talking about that. And um, oh, gosh, I'm like, oh, I just had like such a hard time listening to it. I almost got up and like walked out because I was just so disgusted. What I couldn't believe she was sitting up there lying like she was. Um, and I almost walked out. And then I was like, no, I, I feel like I mean, there's reporters in there and everything else. I didn't want people to think that I believed her. It was just, I was so sickened by the fact that like, it was obviously put on a dramatic like show and she was even posing for people have pointed out on TikTok everywhere. She's posing for, um, the courtroom cameraman, which by the way, she's fired her entire PR team (laughs) trial hired a new one. He saw the new PR guy, like sneaking notes in or whatever was happening with that. He's sketchy. He's very disruptive to the courtroom. Her PR guy has asked the courtroom cameraman to focus more on Amber and less on Johnny. That's a little nuts Mm because she's already getting heat for like all her crazy dramatic faces or like acting. Yeah. I don't know why you'd be like, as a person, be like, oh yeah, let's get more of that out there. She's already Mm -hmm. taking a little. Have you seen the the video of her um, supposedly bumping Coke uh, on the scene? Yeah. 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 I firmly believe she was. Um, that uh, Kleenex, it doesn't seem to have come from the box at all. It seems like it was wrapped up in one of her sleeves. And she's a known cocaine addict. So, yeah. yeah. That seems like a really high-risk thing to do when you're being streamed by millions, like, and millions are watching you. You do that on the stand in a court of law, but well, there's also this video of her where she's. Um, I mean, they're catching everything online. That's what. Yeah, it looked. Like it made for a good internet fodder for sure. Oh yeah. So there's also this video of her taking the. Um, she had like a bottle. And she sees my favorite court officer. I love this woman so much, but she kind of walks around Amber and Amber takes the bottle. Like she just pulled it out and then she takes it and she hides it in her pocket super quick. Why? This is it. Is she bumping Coke on the stand? Let us know in the comments. (laughs) I need to know. They want to go like re-examine all these things. That's insanity. (laughs) It is crazy. (sighs) And we also got to hear from Kate James, who we just talked about on here. Yeah. So... I found out this week through talking to incredibly average that Brian fellow, we were under the impression when we filmed our episode, like it was a, it was a verbatim story that Amber had stolen from her, but Brian pointed this out to me, this section of Kate James story where she alleges that Amber stole her sexual violence, like account. Um, She says in 2013, Ms. Heard became aware of what happened to me as I talked about it with one of her friends at her apartment. Ms. Heard then summoned me into her office where we sat on the couch and she questioned me about it. She was curious as to how I coped with it on a daily basis. And she suggested that I buy a gun. I was shocked at the suggestion as I would not considered having a gun in my home with a small child around. I responded that I chose to see myself as a rape survivor and not a rape victim. And that is how I found my own way to cope. On June 25th, 2020, I received documents pertaining to my involvement on behalf of the claimant in this issue. 
As I perused the documents, much to my utter dismay, I discovered that Miss Hurd had in fact stolen my sexual violence conversation with her and twisted it to her own story to benefit herself. This, of course, caused me extreme distress and outrage that she would dare attempt to use the most harrowing experience of my life as her own narrative. Narrative. So it was more of how she described herself as a victim mm-hmm. that Amber had stolen that. Amber is a rape survivor. Yeah. Yeah. And not like the full story of the machete where Kate was raped by machete and all of that. Um, So that made a little bit more sense to me because I was like, we haven't heard the machete story. Like what's kind of going on with that kind of thing. Um, And I was talking to Brian about it and kind of getting, which was so cool. Uh, We, I've spoken to Brian many times. We've used a lot of his um, clips, his audio. He's been very gracious with allowing us to use uh, his evidence. Well, not his evidence, but the evidence he's ascertained like from this trial. And I actually got to see him in the flesh, which was it was wild unites i love it Mm, yeah it was so cool to even people on twitter that i didn't even know what they looked like i mean i even met dr soup who i didn't even know what she looked like so that was really uh, it was the weirdest thing she started talking to me and i spoke back i didn't even recognize her voice which is so funny because her voice is very like you you know and then and then she's like it's dr soup i was like shut up that's so wild (laughs) so it's the weirdest thing um but yeah but Kate James also, when Amber got on the stand, she alleged that she was drinking on the job and that she was very unstable and she tried to have as little contact with her as possible, which is interesting to me because she's your personal assistant yeah. for like over three years. It wasn't like it was a short. No, she was there. Yeah. She's a personal assistant. Like she was helping her with everything. Yeah. Not to mention, like, if she was drinking on the job, we've already talked about this. Kate James had to, like, go and get her son and then come back. And she was there all the time. Like, when she got time to drink on the job. Yeah. Amber alleged that she traveled so much that she never saw Kate. But that's bullshit. That's absolutely like that. It's the whole thing was wild to me because, like, literally everything once Amber got on the stand, it was all like backtrack trying to backtrack what everyone on johnny's team said i mean obviously i get it but like to the point where it was like she was talking about crazy things like kate drinking on the job and i was like and she was unhinged i think she said too i was like why did you keep her employed for as long as you did then yeah yeah there's tons of personal assistants that would love to be personal assistant to the girlfriend of johnny depp yeah that's why you just imagine what's going to happen on cross um like all the note taking that they're like oh well gotta call that out Oh, gotta disprove that. Like, because she's just saying so many things that can be provably untrue. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, gonna re- redirect that one. Well, she's even not getting. So you remember, we've talked about the May 21st incident at length as the end of their relationship where Amber alleged all that damage happened. Well, we heard from the officers that arrived on the scene. There were two sets of officers. Mm-hmm. Both sets of officers testified that one of them was missing. It wasn't a set. It was one of one of the partners was missing. I don't know if he'll show up or not, but three of the officers of the four that arrived on the scene that day have testified that they saw no evidence of a crime and they did not believe that that evening Amber Heard was a victim of domestic abuse. That's why they only extended their cards to her. They didn't even give her the resources they usually give people that are in a domestic violence altercation. They said they believed that there had been a verbal argument between the couple, but nothing more than that. And They said the redness on her face, she alleged Johnny had thrown a phone at her. Now she's alleged that he hit her many times. That's changed as well again. But they said that the redness on her face seemed like she'd just been crying. Like there was nothing having to do with that. But there's a photo from that incident where there's a bottle of wine. I'll try to get it up. I'll send it to Sasha. But 
There's a bottle of wine um, kind of laying on the floor and it's open and it's spread everywhere. Um, she's alleged for years now that that was a part of the damage because Johnny was running around and like throwing things everywhere. Meanwhile, the officers say they never saw anything, any kind of damage that day. Um, that photo um, is now, she's now changed that to, to the December incident, which we're going to talk about next week. It's now a, and it's I'm not even the same incident. She's like, oh no, that was from December. And like December, and it's like the year before December 2015 compared to May 2016. So I'm like, Amber, where are we going here? Wow. I, it's just like these constant stories that are so crazy. But we've said this before, and I wonder, because obviously I'm no psychologist, like with her borderline personality disorder, like I honestly feel like sometimes she has repeated her lies so much that she believes them. Oh, 100%. We like cannot keep track of the truth. Like she's just lied so much. She doesn't even know which way is up. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Definitely believe that. Yeah. Because yeah. she does it so convincingly and like she does it when she's lying and it's clearly like disprovable. It's like, why would you be lying when it's just when you can disprove this? Mm-hmm. Unless you believe it and you're like wholeheartedly believing this. Like it doesn't make any sense to me otherwise sometimes. I will say like the details she's thrown into have been absolutely wild. Like at one point, um, I can't remember which incident this was. I think it was the Hicksville incident. She was like, oh, and then my dog stepped on a bee and we had to take it to the vet. Like it was the weirdest. I was like, why are you bringing that up? And then she also had to make mention of when they were driving up to the house in Australia, there were kangaroos, excuse me, on the driveway. (laughs) I was like, also, she can't keep Johnny Depp's kids' names out of her mouth. And that's driving me, I, as a child of divorce, <laughs> I had a really hard time sitting through that because there was no point in bringing up half the story she brought up about Lily Rose and Jack. It was absolutely disgusting. At one point, she started talking about, she was trying to talk about a man that um, Lily Rose was dating at one point. And so many times Camille, one of Johnny's lawyers was like, objection, your honor, objection, your honor. like back to back. It was what Elaine kept like trying to bring it up to Amber to get her. Cause so far we've only seen Amber's team examine her, right? Yeah. So direct examination or whatever. And so Camille objection, objection, objection. So they approach um, the judge yep. and um, a long talk happens. And then they come back and Elaine rephrases. Elaine is a little slimy. She's a little, <laughs> she rephrases it and she goes, Miss Heard, was there ever an argument between you and Mr. Depp concerning Lily Rose? And I was like, oh, here we go. So, oh, yes. There yeah, was loud in. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. There was one. It was when Lily Rose had an adult male of legal age um, in staying over at Johnny Depp's home, who she was interested in. And she didn't think it was right. So her and Johnny had a fight about it. And I was like, and they, she doesn't bring up any violence. She, it was just that they had a fight. Why did we need to bring that in? There was no need, except I think she's bitter towards Lily. To tell tell the court what a great parent she was. I don't know, like oh, she was concerned. Like no. I don't know. She also weaseled in at that point in time too. That um, she was like it was also like the same thing as the weed thing. Well, if you're you've been following this case at all, you know that in the United Kingdom court, they were trying to say that Johnny was a terrible parent because he had texted Lily. Lily had asked him about um, smoking marijuana for the first time, and he said like he didn't want her to do it, but if she was gonna do it, he'd rather her be home and him like be there to like monitor her. And I think she was like 14 or 15 at the time. And that was like huge, huge news at the time. It was like that he was a terrible parent and like whatever else. Cause he was going to allow his daughter to smoke weed. And um, I was just like, she just had to like sneak that sneak that in. Yeah. <laughs> I think she is bitter towards Lily for many reasons, but um, Lily at one point. So in the beginning of the relationship, there's even text messages where she talks about how, um, she's glad that 
her father has found someone that's trying to make him better himself, get him into sobriety, whatever. But then that relationship, like Johnny said on the stand um, last week, his re- the relationship his children had with Amber was done long before his relationship was done with Amber. He said, my children are far more intelligent than I am myself. Yeah. And they hated how he was being treated. And Lily had even written a letter to Amber about how she did not appreciate how Amber was treating her father. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know, I love Skims underwear. So I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um, But the, the it was just one of those things where it was like, you didn't, you didn't need to bring that in. And, and more so than Jack, she brought up Lily, and it was like, and Lily's She's always tried to use Lily to her personal benefit. Mm-hmm. We talked about that on the podcast. I mean, I know it was Rock, Rocky IO, right? That was IO, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, or IO Rocky, sorry. Um, that was like putting her out when she wasn't out. And that wasn't what this post was even supposed to be construed. Like it was totally misconstrued anyways. And like, so her team and her have always used his children, not to mention Kate's child <laughs> for Jeez. their personal gain. Like they're not, they're not like, there's no line in the sand. No. And I will say to that, I had said, so I was still traveling last week. I had said during our Kate James episode that I was going to post the video of her with the child carrying Kate's child for paparazzi on my Instagram. And I totally forgot. But she like, she's like, well, not my kid. Here you go. And like gets into her car. (laughs) It's like like almost laughable. You're like, oh, I love this child. Okay, here you go. (laughs) Gets into your car. Meet the child. Yep. crazy so yeah it's very um i don't know that really that really didn't sit right with me like using the kids like that i was like hmm mm, no and then uh correct me if i'm wrong were neither of them or just jack at the wedding just jack was at the wedding jack was his father's best man um lily rose did not attend i think they both had to attend when because there were two separate weddings i don't know i don't think we talked about this so there were two separate weddings because i just found a lot of this out while at trial um him and amber legally got married at betty sue palmer johnny's mom's house Um, yes before heading to the bahamas for the celebration and that's why it was so rushed um keenan wyatt one of johnny's friends said that jack didn't even know what was going on when they got to betty's house for isn't that sad that's sad he's like oh shit we're here for a wedding yeah. What? Yeah. So they get to the house for the wedding. Amber was very excited. And that was one of the Christy and Amber at that point in time were not doing well because Christy, Johnny's sister, had wanted them to get a prenup. Yeah. This had obviously been ignored. In fact, the wedding had been rushed up so that they wouldn't have to. And then they could go off and continue filming and whatever else. Um, and uh, there was an interaction between, oh, 
Christy said she overheard Amber and her friends talking about whether or not they should leak to the press that they were getting married in the Bahamas or not, since they were already married. Like, should it just be leaked? And then they asked Christy and Christy was like, I don't care. Like, it's whatever you guys want to do kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they also talked about how in August of 2014, so Johnny was addicted to an opioid um, called the Roxy opioids. Um, and he was trying to get clean from them. And there was a lot of factors in getting clean and his sister had really pushed for his sobriety, supposedly along with Amber, depending on which narrative you believe. And it was supposed to be himself and Christy and Dr. Kipper and his sobriety nurse, Debbie Lloyd, mm -hmm. who were going with him to the Bahamas in order to get him clean. But Amber had insisted on joining them and had gotten herself on the plane. And then this is what's crazy to me. So there's Another plane incident, the Boston plane incident that they've been talking about. Where he tries to jump out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about a lot in court. And the Boston plane. Yeah, tell and, me about this. Uh, so the Boston plane incident, Amber alleges that Johnny got extremely violent with her and was screaming at her, kicked her in the back and like whatever else. Meanwhile, Johnny and his friend Keenan, who was on the plane, said that, no, that didn't happen at all. And that Johnny was just trying to like relax and make peace with Amber because she was obviously mad at him. I can't remember what about at this point in time. She flipped out at Keenan as well. Um, but Amber says it was the other way around and that Johnny got violent with her and was screaming and even moaning like an animal. Well, get this. They played audio of him moaning in court and the audio sounds like he's in pain. And I had always, I had heard this audio before. I had always like seen it attached to the detox, him being on the plane mm -hmm. and going detox because it doesn't sound like he's angry at all he is like oh uh, like he is yeah like ill yeah like physically ill and so the fact that she's trying to use this as him being assaultive to her because he, he doesn't sound mad he doesn't sound intimidating he sounds like i like i don't want to be in my body right now i'm mm -hmm. in so much because he's withdrawing from drugs yeah so, yeah and then he gets and he says he's never gone back on those those drugs at all he said it was like a snake like once it bites you like it'll bite you again kind of thing so right. he's never, well and even with the finger incident we saw he was prescribed children's motrin yeah. um, like nothing heavy at all for even though his tip of his finger was cut off which now I don't know what she's claiming with that because it was like a mixture between the smashing of the phone and I came downstairs and his finger was already severed. So I'm like, I guess we're going with the, like the two. Speak your, speak your story, girl. Yeah. 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 So the Australia incident. And then that's what all oh, they showed photos in this the other day of the Australia incident. So I got kind of nervous. Ben King took the stand. I still stand Ben King. I love that man so mm -hmm. much. And he takes a stand. He's like done with the nonsense. He's just there. And he um, said he had more photos. And then Amber's team was like, more photos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why have those not been submitted of the house in Australia from all the destruction between the two of them when Johnny lost his finger? And he was like, well, it was never asked for. It was just, and they were like, Johnny's team didn't, oh, sorry guys. Johnny's team didn't ask you for those. And he was like, no, they, they, um, they didn't. And <laughs> Um, so all these photos have been submitted fascinating to look at if you've been following this case at any length of time even the fact that she she was painting portraits in the house she was she was remember because remember she said like there was paints i know there's a lot of finger painting going on but um wow okay they said it about they, they said it about the art studio right like she, mm -hmm. she been trying to paint a portrait for Johnny for his birthday, right? And then they were like all destroyed or like whatever. I don't know how in her three day hostage situation she had time to paint. Also, in that three day hostage situation, she now says that maybe one of Johnny's assistants had come by during that time. 
And Ben King then said that he had been there late that Friday night before saying goodnight to the couple and everything was fine. So it's some, uh, anyway. What a hostage situation. I hope. <laughs> it's like, wow. my head. Um, but <laughs> these photos, so they show, especially in the bar area, there's some smashed glass. It's like not a lot, but remember Amber's claiming that she was drug hands and feet all yeah, through the, the glass. Yep. Even though the audio recording you can hear from after all of this happened, she's stomping around in her feet in yeah. her shoes all over the house. You can hear her physically stomping around yep. the fucking house. Um, but she says she was drugged through this. So they showed these photos to the court. Elaine is like being very sensitive about this because this was obviously a very traumatic time. I, I don't doubt that. This seems like a horrible fight, but um, she's kind of... So talking about all the glass on the floor and everything. And she goes, Amber, do you notice anything about these photos that has changed or like any, and Amber's like, oh yes, this looks, this looks really cleaned up. Like this is super cleaned up from like when, when it happened to me, there's no way because what the photos show is glass on the floor, like by where the bar is. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's like blood droplets that look like, oh, they might come from, I don't know, the tip of a severed finger. There's no feet prints uh like you know it, blood. it doesn't look like they cleaned up some of it and not all yeah. of it right it's not like we just like cleaned up the glass on the floor and the blood on the floor and we left this for the photos yeah yeah that's Why not would, probable no and even in the audio like out like that's what i can't get over it's like okay yes and like elaine and the their amber's entire legal team it's like their only um defense for all of this is oh were you guys paid by johnny well then your honor like, like <laughs> there's a bias. Yeah, right there. Everyone's paid by everybody. So you could tell even Sean bet and Travis McGivern, they both got offended when it was asked of like, you would, you were witnessing all this abuse on Amber and you did nothing. They're like, no, no, no. Like if, if Amber had been abused, she would have been the priority. It was Johnny Depp and his people that were a priority, but uh, like, you're not going to stand by and watch somebody be abused. Yeah. Yeah. So always Johnny physically. So it was just like, yeah. So um, after, I mean, we heard in the audio, like she's there screaming. She wants to go with him. She doesn't want to leave. She, right. you, you know, she wants to stay. And meanwhile, now she's alleging it was a hostage situation, but she doesn't want to leave the house. She doesn't want to. She wants know. to go with Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone pointed out in my TikTok comments, which I thought was very interesting about her wanting to go to the hospital with Johnny. It's um one of it. Abusers love to go to the hospital (laughs) with their victims to make sure that the story stays straight. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. Control Mm -hmm. the situation of the person. Yep. We go back to that. um, Everyone's paid by Johnny. Can you elaborate on this? Because I know we've discussed this before about the salary and is your salary negotiated and who, um, yeah, who pays who? Yeah. So it's wild. So all Elaine, I mean, it's either drug, drug use, or they say like, oh, he said these horrible things about her in text messages. Like, so obviously he's the abuser and it's like, um, or the payment thing. So I know with Keenan Wyatt, that was actually kind of a cool part of court because mm-hmm. as we're sitting there, Keenan, they're asking, Elaine's asking Keenan, she's like, oh, but you're, you're, you're under depth salary, like blah, 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 blah. And Keenan was like, no, I'm not. I, I work as a sound guy on these movies. Annaline was like, oh, really? She's like, well, do you know that in Johnny Depp's contract, he has always um, made sure that you're included in it and that you are like, he won't show up to set unless you're at set. And he was like, no. And you can tell he's totally surprised. 
Yeah. He's like, I didn't, I didn't know this. And, um, she's like, yes, well you are. And then also your salary is always pre-negotiated because he kept saying, oh no, my wages, I, I get union wage. Yeah. And then she's like, no, it's negotiated by Mr. Depp. And he had no idea that for years since the eighties, Johnny has been putting him in his contract so that he, I mean, imagine finding out on the stand that your friend is like that good of a friend. Yeah, it just like totally backfired. I love that moment because it just totally backfired in Elaine's face about like, oh, I knew he was a friend. I didn't know he was that good to me. And you're, she's like trying to make a point like you knew this. He's like, no. Yeah, because she was like, you were paid by him. So obviously you have reason to like lie for him because that's basically always yeah. what they keep going back to either that or he's, he's like, I didn't even know I was paid by him. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. how can we pay to lie? Absolutely. Okay crazy so yeah absolutely. can we just touch on the one other elaine moment because i know we're just recapping everything i have to say i love the internet um memes from the muffin man, muffin man. how ridiculous what uh yeah i had to dig be past the memes be like what even happened because i didn't witness it live and i like break down the muffin man come on i'm literally sitting in court and <laughs> how do you keep it together? <laughs> well, it's so hard. So my friend Autumn and I, I mean, like a really good friend in court, my, my court friend Autumn, we would like have our elbows like waist, like deep into each other's like rib cages. We did like, <gasps> we can't laugh. Oh, it was so bad. Like literally after Keenan Wyatt took the stand and she started talking about if Amber's pussy was wet. Like I was in the, like we went on to lunch and I was laughing myself sick. I was like, how was I supposed to sit for that? But the muffin man. So Dr. Curry is a psychologist that was hired by Johnny Depp's team in order to evaluate Amber Heard to see what the fuck is going on in that woman's head. And <laughs> they, she got up, she was very reputable. And let me just say, um, Amber's team also had a psychologist, Dr. Hughes come on, but I feel like with expert witnesses, like they didn't know the couple or anything like that. So, but I was excited after Dr. Curry had established herself as I really enjoyed her testimony. It was wild. She seemed very, um, knowledgeable and what she was talking about. She was very on the ball with Elaine and the muffin man. I'll get to that in a second. I'm sorry. Um, but then we heard from Dr. Hughes and she kept gendering things. Like that was so mm-hmm. wild to me. Like even without talking about the couple, she kept talking about she as the victim and he as the perpetrator. And then when Johnny's team got up to cross examine her, they, they pointed this out because all of us were sitting there like that's, really weird and weird and yeah or intentional super intentional yeah and she would also be super emotional when people would challenge her about amber and whether amber was the victim or not and that didn't sit right with me either because it's like well you're supposed to be there evaluating so like with dr curry she she didn't really point fingers too much she did give amber a diagnosis and then she did go on about what that diagnosis entailed but she wasn't like heated about it she wasn't like going for amber's throat where it felt like dr hughes was really going for johnny and like she it just seems super unprofessional as the as the professional for sure yes yeah it felt so weird so then um johnny's team was like well do you believe that men can be victims too and then she started talking about homosexual couples she's evaluated and it was like so only in a homosexual relationship not a homosexual relationship yeah. Yeah. Can men, because men can be abused by women as it was really, really strange. And it really seemed to discredit her, which kind of sucked because I was excited to hear the other side of this. Um, but Dr. Curry, she comes in before Dr. Hughes and she starts talking and, and she's trying. I, I mean, she was super professional. And then Elaine keeps bringing up muffins. <laughs> I'm sitting in court and I'm like, what the fuck do muffins have to do with? I, I was lost. I was like, what is happening right now? 
And did you make muffins for Amber Heard? Did your husband bring muffins? It was so weird. And then suddenly Dr. Curry cuts Elaine off and she goes, can I just clarify like about the muffins so we can stop talking about them? Like she was so done. And it turns out what had happened was Dr. Curry. So no one was supposed to know, obviously, that Dr. Curry was treating Amber's confidentiality. So what Elaine was trying to do was say that somebody knew and then that was going to destroy credibility. Yeah. So basically her husband always brings muffins to her office. Or sometimes when she's running late, right? She says, no, like he just sometimes when I'm late. Yeah. Buys her muffins. So there was one day and she said, whenever she has a high profile client, she clears out the office of like her employees and everything else. So that like, they don't know kind of what's, who's being seen and like whatever else high profile. <laughs> but she said that her husband had gone out and bought muffins that day. She had grabbed them from her husband before bringing them into Amber and then had mentioned to Amber when Amber was in her office that, Oh, my husband brought us muffins like to share together. And so Amber had taken that as her husband knew that Amber was there, which wasn't the case at all, but it was just, and Elaine kept bringing up dinner too. I don't know if you saw that as well. Oh yeah, About, did you have dinner with Johnny? Didn't you have yeah. dinner with Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to wreck her credibility. And she's like, well, I had an interview with Johnny's team, like his lawyers in order to make sure I was going to be like a good fit for this. Yeah, and open up the yellow pages and be like, you yeah. get a job. Like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And there was dinner. And then Elaine was like, well, alcohol too. You had drinks too. And she's like, yeah, we had, I, I might've had a glass of wine. Like it was, it was the weirdest. It was very strange. Yeah. I feel like because we're biased. Yes, we're biased. We're biased. Um, that, Elaine's behaviors a lot of times like in court like of course when you're trying to discredit somebody who's clearly credible you just make yourself look like an ass and so like that's how it looks from our perspective but share with me because I know we're about to wrap up like in the media a lot of a lot of different like people have said well is Johnny gonna win this case well it's a defamation case right so like have they proved proven that he's lost wages or lost income because of her op-ed um back to like it's not a domestic abuse case um, it's not, a, it's not a case about like their relationship. Um, what are your thoughts? And obviously like as a spectator in the court, like, yeah, like we know Johnny's personality from him in the media and he's like sarcastic or cracking jokes. Like we understand that, but does the jury understand that or does that play against him? And how, how do you think like they're going to vote on this one? So I don't know. And honestly, I was having a hard time, not just with Johnny, but also with Kate James and wondering how they came off to the jury because, I mean, Johnny was being smart assy, especially with Robin Warren. Um, And Kate James is coming off as extremely angry with Amber's lawyers. And if you know the full Kate James story, you're like, I don't agree. Yeah. Good for you, girl. But like, if you don't, they don't. They left the sexual assault allegations out of it completely. So it's like the jury might be put up put off by that but it wasn't until the aclu guy taryn stority took the did the video deposition that we heard Mm -hmm. where i was like we all were holding hands we were like he could he could win this because it is a defamation case he is a public figure anyone can say anything about him it's the whole thing with the libel trial in the uk with the sun it's a tabloid they could they could say anything your wife beater like you know like for libel but like he can prove he's lost pirates five Yeah, he lost six. Yeah, yeah. And that was wild. So they did um, with the ACLU guy too. They really brought in, um, I mean, there's been expert witnesses that have said how much they estimate that he's lost. But the ACLU guy really put the nail in the coffin for me with it when they were talking about 
how the op-ed came to be because the op-ed was originally basically there to announce that Amber was going to be a spokesperson for the ACLU, which by the way, she still is. She is still, yeah, for gendered violence. She is still a spokesperson for it. And that's disgusting to me. But anyways, so this was her announcing it and they wanted to know, first off, Aquaman was coming out. They knew it was going to be a blockbuster. So they wanted to release it with that in mind to have the most, projection right then there was emails between amber and her ghostwriter i don't know why the hell you need a ghostwriter for a fucking op-ed but that's kind of standard i don't blink at that op-ed, though I, for an article There's maybe people like, that have whole by bi- whole um biographies right like written by ghostwriters and they just like sign off on it they're like my biography my story and you're like yeah but it was written by someone else and you signed it but okay I, I, I don't like it i it's inky. i don't, I don't, get, I don't like I don't it know. it's standard but so she has this whole op-ed written for the ACLU. ACLU has to sell it. Um, there's emails between herself and her ghostwriter where she's like, I've tried to admit your um, your marriage by saying this. Yes. I've, I've had the whole, all of the emails on my TikTok um, the past Are week. those in this case at all? Were those admitted into evidence in this case? Yeah, where she's yes. like redacting that it's about their marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is about their marriage. But marriage you can't say it. How do we talk about it? Yeah. And then when the ACLU was trying to sell it to the Washington Post, they were like, um, yeah, it's about it's written by Amber Heard. She was beaten by beaten up during her brief marriage to Johnny Depp. That's how they sold the op-ed to the Washington Post. Wow. And when that was read to the court, I was like, oh, so this is about Johnny. This is about Johnny. Yeah, let's just make that clear. And then Ben Shu, what a fucking king. He did the, when they were trying to fight that whole, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, she was trying to have the, the case dismissed. He was like, apparently Teen Vogue wanted her op-ed too, by the way. Yeah. The way. And yep. he was like, if it wasn't about Johnny Depp, no one would have been interested in hearing what Miss Heard had to st- had to say. Now, someone commented on my TikTok with that, and they were like, "Oh, great! Like, so a woman would be ignored for a white man." That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is, if it hadn't been that she'd alleged that her husband had domestically uh, abused her, no one would have cared what Amber Heard had to say. But because she had these domestic abuse allegations, especially with a high profile individual, I mean, even if she'd been high profile and had those domestic, it would have been huge. But because of those allegations, that's why people cared because yeah, uh, like, so announcing just as a regular celebrity that she's going to stay, like be the spokesperson for the ACLU would have been like, yeah. And okay. Like who cares? Yeah. But because she leveraged that. And then what I loved was the other emails where the ACLU people were starting to shit the bed after it had been released. And they were like, I can't sleep. I'm so stressed out about it so much for not mentioning Johnny Depp. Like, and it was mm-hmm. like, well, as, uh, if I was in the jury, I would have been like sold. So it was about Johnny Depp case closed. Proven it's been about Johnny Depp. Yeah. And also proven he's lost income due to this. Op-ed. Lost, yeah. Because two days after it was released, he lost the role of Captain Jack Sparrow. So. And he found, yeah, and that's right. Like he didn't even find out from Disney. He found out in the media. Yeah, and <laughs> also, not to mention, he also took a pay cut for Minamata, one of his other movies that had struggled to be even released because of all of these allegations. It's just been an uphill battle ever since the op-ed came out. And so, I hope. I mean. No matter what, he's one in the public uh, opinion. I was really scared, like after the whole United Kingdom debacle and everything else. And but it's been televised. This has got way more press than that. 
Yeah. It was known. You're like, okay, maybe I need to examine this question. Even yourself, right? You were like, oh, I believed Amber mm-hmm. the sun until like that, until I started to dig myself. But you had to do the legwork. Like this yeah. case has been very publicized. Yeah. So hopefully this helps. And, and I mean, honestly, like hopefully it just gets the truth out there. And honestly, like I really hope it, it sucks because it's one of those things where there's a lot of damage right now being done to female victims of abuse because already we've worked so hard to believe to be believed already. That okay. is, it's so frustrating. And now she's taken this, she slandered it. You see her on the stand, like the entire world has been watching and everywhere. The normal public has been like, is anyone believing this shit right now? Because it's, it's so, it's not believable, unfortunately. And it really sucks that she took this, made it into her activism platform. And now like you just tarnished real victims names real victims voices and it is also hopefully instead of tarnishing women hopefully what this case eventually does is help bring male victims of abuse into the spotlight hopefully it helps male victims also be able to find their voices and hopefully it doesn't tarnish female victims that much but i do get nervous i mean i'm already seeing comments on my tiktok where it's like oh all women stand together and and it's just like it sucks because I mean, even with my own life, I already, I still have a family member that follows my abuser like on Facebook. So like, I already know, you know, how detrimental it can be, you know? And so it just, it sucks that someone did that, but yeah. Yeah. yeah and back to the silver lining. Hopefully, hopefully it at least started a conversation about that. And um, hopefully it helps others believe that male, male victims are, it's, an, it's a non-gendered uh, abuse can be non-gendered. Yeah. 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 He, she, they, them, everyone can be an abuser and everyone can be abused. So Mm -hmm. hopefully that is kind of the takeaway from this case. But yeah, sorry, this episode was kind of so over the place. Um, I just got back home to Florida after all this traveling. I went to Omaha, we filmed and then flew out immediately to Virginia, was home for two days and then flew out back again to Virginia. So I've been just running. So this was just, I wanted to throw together some of my thoughts for Max on, because I knew you haven't been able to like follow it as well. We were at CrimeCon. We were like in full on CrimeCon mode and like could barely visit about this. So I'm so excited to catch up. No, I appreciate it. Lots more next week, right? back in action we'll get to hear everything i don't know if i'm going back but i'll definitely be watching every day doing my normal tiktok recaps and um yeah i'll be very much present in the courtroom if i'm not in the courtroom because it is getting out of hand and i'm not sure i want to start camping out at 9 p.m because they've started camping out across the street oh my yeah at two wow it's too much for me Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I also need some rest, but (laughs) this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know for myself, since transitioning to a working from home environment, the importance of taking care of your own mental health. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime, day or night, to message your therapist. It's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy, and financial aid is available. You can visit their website and read other clients' testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com ITT, that's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And for listeners of Innocent Till Tipsy, you can go to their website and get an additional 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com ITT. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash I-T-T. How did you like the wine? Oh, the wine's so good. I'm like being tame here. It's it's delicious. I love this wine. Never had it, but I like no wines. They're really good for their money. Mm -hmm. No, it was great. But yeah, until next week, we'll definitely be putting the domestic violence hotline in our our description. Um, But yeah, until next week. Cheers. Huda Media Production.